This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Lord, we pray you'd help us to see the flowers of, of all that we can learn about the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you turn in your Bible to Ruth chapter 2. Yes, Ruth, we haven't forgotten about Ruth. She's been away for a while, but Ruth is back. So uh, Ruth chapter 2 and verse 14. And if you turn there, that's going to be our text. Ruth 2, 14. 2, 14 through 16. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar, And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. Now, we've been studying, as we've been looking through this here, we've been studying this intricate care, this such elaborate care that Boaz has shown to Ruth. And we've seen that Boaz's spiritual care for Ruth as well because he prayed for her. You'll notice in verse 12 when this is really a prayer, it's a desire of his heart, when he said, Boaz said, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord, God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And then we saw how Boaz proceeded to care for Ruth In verse 14, when he said, he said to her, at mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn and she did eat and was sufficed and left. Boaz cared for Ruth. And when Boaz said to her in verse 14, come, one simple word, at mealtime, come. Ruth never would have just come into the dining hall to eat. She was a foreign woman. She was a despised Moabite. But Boaz elevated her position up 
when he gave her the invitation, he said, come, come, not just come, but come and eat. Not just eat, but come and eat and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And Boaz didn't want Ruth just to sit anywhere. Oh, no, that wasn't Boaz. Boaz wanted Ruth to sit among the men near to Boaz where no women sat. And Ruth did that, as it says in verse 14, and she sat beside the reapers. And so what we see in verse 14 is just how important to Boaz it was that Ruth really enjoy herself there. And when it says that he reached, and we could just see him reaching for her parched corn. It shows that Boaz was just making sure that she ate well. And when lunch was over, then Boaz made sure that the young man did not taunt her, that they didn't shame her. So he says something very unusual in verse 15. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her glean, even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. See, Ruth's getting up. She's getting up to go back to work. She's going to go back to work in the field. And Boaz, he stands up and he says something purposefully so that Ruth can hear it. Ruth heard this command that Boaz gave to his young men and that she should be able to glean. And he says, don't affront her. Don't confront her. Once you get back into the field, don't insult her. Don't put her to shame. She should be left to glean. And then we see the place that Boaz has chosen for Ruth. He's picked this place out to do her work. Let her glean even among the sheaves. See, that was a very good position. Because one thing to be between the rows of the grain and to pick up what grain might have fallen in there. But he's saying, no, no, no. You let her go among the sheaves. That's to be able to keep the grain that fell right down there. And that was a very favored position as a person. It was a place where you would collect the most. So Boaz gives this last command to the men who were actually doing the work. He gave this command to the men who were going to be in the field, not to the supervisors in case they shouldn't tell the men. He tells you directly to the men. And he doesn't give her grain. See, Boaz doesn't give her grain. Just say, well, you know, Ruth, you're saying, here, I'll just give you grain. He is a generous man, but as generous as he is, Boaz wants Ruth to earn what she gets. No one feels good about getting a handout. No one feels good about people about getting a handout. People feel best when they get a lift up, not a handout. And we know this in, in Ethiopia where we work because we see big bags of grain marked USAID, which has been given to give to the people there by the US. And in fact, oftentimes we see them on the uh, backs of, of guys carrying them into to stores to sell because of corruption there. But even if the food was given to the Ethiopians, the Ethiopians don't feel good about receiving handouts. So since 2009, that's why Scanabodies has been giving jobs to the Ethiopian women. Today we employ about 171, mostly women, to support their families. And it's just so much to raise their position. I mean, Boaz, he could have just given the grain to Ruth. It was easy. But he wanted her to feel good about getting it, good about earning it, and to raise her position. That's why Boaz doesn't send her back home and say, now, you know, I'm going to have some of the young men bring, bring a deliver it to you. But he lets her work because he knows it's going to be better. And so we see Boaz in this wonderful combination. Boaz, when we look at Boaz here, we see a unique, wonderful combination on one hand of strength and on the other hand of gentleness. See, there are persons who have strength, but they have no sensitivity. They have truth, but they have no tenderness. 
in my garden, there's the rugged pine trees, as you know, but there's also the gentle jasmine and the honeysuckle that creep, you know, gracefully. And that's what we see in Boaz, this combination of strength and tenderness. Tenderness in verse 14, Boaz said unto her, at mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread. Dip thy morsel in the vinegar. He's concerned about her, what she's going to dip the bread in. And in verse 16, he says, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. Leave them that she may glean them. And verse 9, when thou art a thirst, go to the vessels. Drink of that which the young men have drawn. And verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work. A full reward be given thee, the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. That's tenderness. That's sensitivity on this man's part, but also strength. In verse 9, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap and go after them. Have not I charged, that's strength, the young men that they shall not touch thee. And then verse 9, have not I charged the, I mean, in verse 15, and when you are risen, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her glean, reproach her not. See, this wonderful combination of tenderness and gentleness and strength is what we see in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's gentle. Isaiah 40, verse 11, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs in his arms, carry them in his bosom, gently lead those that are with young. That's tenderness, that's gentleness. But yet he's strong. In Psalm 2, 9, thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So we see this combination of strength and gentleness in Boaz. We see it in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now we ask ourselves a question, how about us? Is that in us? Do we have strength and do we have also tenderness together? Now, Boaz continues his instruction to the men. They can hear him. Ruth can hear. They hear. Verse 16, when he tells, you let some grain on purpose, handfuls, fall so she can take them and don't rebuke her. See, what he's saying to the men is that you actually take some of the grain, handfuls of it, and on purpose, you let that fall for her. See, he's thought about Ruth and what Ruth is going to have at the end of the day and how he made provision for her to have a big gain. And in this way, he provided for Ruth just as, as Boaz protected her. He protected her when he said, they weren't, they're not going to touch you. These young men are not going to touch you. So he protected her from physical harm. He says in verse 15, reproach her not. Boaz protected her from being put to shame. In verse 16, rebuke her not. Boaz protected her from being blamed. I mean, the men are going to say, we got to do extra work because of you, lady. You know, we got to collect the stuff, drop it on and so forth. And so, but he says, no, he protects her from being blamed. And so what we're seeing here is how Boaz took care to make sure that Ruth was taken care of. And what Boaz did, what he's doing here, is really described by four important words. Please remember these four important words. Now, the first word is actually really intimated by Naomi. We drop down to verse 19. She says, blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. Did take knowledge. Take knowledge describes this first word that Boaz did for Ruth, which is very simply the word look. See, that's the first word. That's the first of the four important words. Look, look. Boaz took time to look at Ruth's poor condition. 
And the second word, which is important, is the word feel, feel. Boaz took time to let his heart feel Ruth's pain. And the third word, the third important word, is think. Boaz took time to think about what was the best way, as we've already been mentioning here, is the thought he gave to what would be the best way that he could take care of Ruth. And the fourth word is act. Boaz took time to act on what he knew he should do. See, when Boaz looked and felt and thought and acted, Boaz was showing what Naomi said in verse 20. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and dead. Boaz showed kindness to Ruth. Kindness is important for us because we have a command to show kindness in Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32, be ye kind one to another. When it says that we are to be kind one to another, it's in a particular Greek tense that indicates that we are to keep on becoming more and more kind one to another. In other words, our kindness is to keep on growing. It's not static. Our kindness is to be, should be increasing. And the problem is, this is our problem. Our problem is that we can live our lives with people all around us who are suffering and dying and act as if it didn't matter to us. We must show the same kindness to those around us that Boaz showed to Ruth. As a matter of fact, we have the same four words as responsibilities that we saw in Boaz. We are responsible to look, to feel, to think, to act. See, the Lord Jesus Christ, he shows us by his example these four words in action. He shows us in action when he looked, felt, thought, and acted as the embodiment of kindness. And in Matthew 9:36, Matthew 9:36, watch for these words. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, the laborers are few. Pray therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his field, into his harvest. See, he looked on this great multitude of the lost, and then it says he was moved with compassion. That means he felt their anguish over being lost without a shepherd, and then he thought. He thought, what's needed? Prayer is needed. And then he acted by encouraging others to pray. There was another time when the Lord Jesus, again, saw a big multitude in Matthew 14, 14. Matthew 14, 14. Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. This is a different need, totally different now. See, he looks, what does he see? He sees the sick, and when it says he was moved with compassion, what does that mean? He feels, he felt their anguish over their illnesses, and then he thought, what did they need? They needed healing, and then he acted. He healed them. And then there was another time, another multitude, with yet a different need, described in Matthew 15, 32. Matthew 15, 32. Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. 
I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples said unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? And Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have you? They said, Seven. And a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and the fishes, gave thanks, break them, gave to his disciples, the disciples to the multitude. This time he looked, he saw a multitude were in need of food. And when he said, I have compassion on them, means he felt their anguish. He felt their, their anxiety over being hungry, over the possibility of fainting in the way as they go back home. And he thought, he thought how, oh yeah, a few loaves, a few, a few fishes, they can be multiplied. And he acted by giving thanks, praying, and distributing. See, those were descriptions of the Lord showing look, feel, think, act, kindness. See, that's the kindness. This is the kindness. Look, feel, think, act, kindness to the multitudes. But he also showed the same pattern of look, feel, think, act, kindness to individuals, like the mother of the dead son, who it says in Luke 7.12, Luke 7.12, now when he was come nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Boy, this makes you want to cry when you read this name. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. And he came and touched the buyer, he touched the coffin, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. What happened? He looked. He sees a mother with a dead son. Not just a mother, a widow mother with a dead son. And it says he has compassion on her. It means he felt her pain. And he thought, how could, what can I do? He thought, I know I can touch the coffin. I can command the dead. And he raises the boy to life. He acts. See, there was a certain lawyer, a certain lawyer in Luke 10, 25. Luke 10, 25. He asked the Lord, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? And the Lord says, okay, I'll give you the answer to the question. And so the Lord Jesus describes in detail the same pattern of look, feel, think, act, kindness in an account, not a parable, but an account, a historical account of a good Samaritan. When he says in Luke 10.33, but a certain Samaritan, Luke 10.33, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, look, feel, on him, and went to him and, now listen to this, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, and said unto him, take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come back, when I come again, I will repay. What did he do? The good Samaritan looked, and he sees a wounded man. And then it says, he had compassion on him. That means he felt his pain. And then look how much he thought, how much he was thinking of what this man needed. First, he binds up the wounds, then he pours in the oil. What is he doing here? He is promoting the healing process. Then he pours in wine. Why is he pouring in wine? To prevent infection. I know very well. And then he sat on his donkey and brought him to the inn and arranged for the man to be cared of after he left by the innkeeper, paid the innkeeper in advance, and even thought of unforeseen expenses 
And he says, I'll take care of that when I come back. That's acting. Then there was again, not the parable, but again, the historical account of a father with a prodigal son. And the Lord Jesus, he told of again, the same pattern. Look, feel, think, act, kindness. See, Luke 15, 20, Luke 15, 20. Speaking about the father, then he arose, and speaking of the particle son, then he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, watch the four words again, his father saw him, look, had compassion, felt, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father looked for his lost son. When it says he had compassion on the prodigal son, it means he felt the pain of his lost son. And then he thought, the father thought, what does my lost son need? He needs to see his father run. His father is going to run. He needs to see, he needs to feel his father fall on his neck and kiss him. He's going to feel that. And he needs to later get dressed in the best robe and kill the fatted calf and have a feast. All of that is involved in thinking and acting. See, all these examples of look, feel, think, act, kindness that Boaz showed for Ruth, all those are examples to show us our need to show the same look, feel, think, act, kindness to others. It's important. It's important to see how God shows this look, feel, think, act, kindness for human need. And since we're made in the image of God, we're acting like God when we show the same look, feel, think, act kindness for those in need. We're commanded to do that. We're commanded to show kindness by looking, by feeling, by thinking, by acting. We're commanded to care for others in their tragedies by showing this kind of kindness, which of look, feel, act. And that's what it means to care for them. See, the Spirit of God is saying to us, care for those who are facing tragedies of life. That's what James meant when he said in James 1.27, pure religion, James 1.27, pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. See, visiting orphans and widows in their affliction means to go and look, means to feel their affliction and to think of how to relieve their affliction and then act on how to relieve their affliction. See, there's two needs, basically two categories of needs that we're called to show this look, feel, think, act kindness. And those two needs are, we could call them social needs and spiritual needs. But the spiritual needs have the priority over the social needs. Social needs are important. As the Lord Jesus Christ said, Showing this kindness for social needs is important, as he said in Matthew 25, 34. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was a hungred, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. Sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee? Hungered, fed thee, thirsty, gave thee drink. When saw we thee? Stranger, took thee in, naked, clothed thee. When saw we thee? Sick, prison, came unto thee. King shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. See, the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's our mission. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.